0: Hello and welcome back to
1: Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: Drought conditions have improved in some areas of Texas. I'm Jessica Dommel and I'll have that story coming up
3: rural land sales up dramatically during COVID. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today.
4: This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas stays warm, windy, and dry. Harvesting and planting is at a fast pace. We'll have those stories and more on today's report.
1: We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets coming up. But first, here's Jessica Domo with news headlines.
2: Thanks to rain over the Thanksgiving holiday and the following weekend, there has been some improvement in drought conditions in south-central and southeast Texas. But elsewhere, drought continued to intensify and expand over the past week. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 79% of the state is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. That's down 5% from the previous week. 13% of the state is under exceptional drought. According to the latest Drought Monitor, parts of only 14 counties in Texas are not suffering from drought. This year's Bear County Beef Cattle Short Course will be held online January 12th and 19th. The event is free. RSVP to Chris at the Bear County Extension Office. Registration is now open for the American Farm Bureau's virtual convention. Since the event will be held online due to the coronavirus pandemic, attendance is free to all Farm Bureau members and anyone involved in agriculture. The convention will be held January 10th through the 13th, 2021. This year's featured speakers are Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs, Lando Lakes President and CEO Beth Ford, and Navy SEAL Commander Rourke Denver. You can register on FB.org. Click on events. That is FB for Farm Bureau.org. Again, that convention is January 10th through the 13th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. COVID-19 has impacted
1: all of the real estate market, including rural land sales here in Texas.
3: Tom Nicoletti takes a closer look. Many factors can impact land sales, in particular, rural land sales. One of those factors certainly has been the coronavirus pandemic. For more observations on this issue, we go to Tyler Jacobs, broker partner with Hall Hall LLP out of College Station, and uh, Tyler uh, Let's talk about uh, rural land sales and how uh, the COVID situation has impacted uh, those sales here in Texas.
5: Absolutely. You know, bottom line is we're looking at one of the hottest land markets I've been part of in recent memory, and and I think that goes for, for much of the nation, honestly. And, and there's two big contributing factors to that. You've kind of got this COVID confinement syndrome where people are being a little bit self-reflective and kind of reflective on, on their situation and their perspective on their work and lifestyle balance may be in consideration a little bit more than it has been in the past. And, and it's bringing a lot of buyers to the market. The buyers are seeking a, a recreational component to their life. They're not having to drive to town to work as much anymore. And so you've got all these things kind of colliding in the perfect storm. And one of those components, the perfect storm is is these historically low interest rates we have from our lenders right now
3: so certainly land sales are heading up at this point there's also a downside to what's going on as well uh, in the in the inventory and talk about that a bit
5: in Texas, particularly, you know, you you see this that sellers are never hesitant to try to capture on a seller's market when these inventories go down, and particularly we're talking about recreational type properties in general. Or properties that have a recreational component to them. The influence, ultimately, is as those properties sell. The next seller wants to take it more advantage of that situation, and, and, and they're going to demand a little bit higher price for the property. And there's no two exact comparable pieces of rural real estate out there. There's always a, a little bit of a justification on a seller's part in the seller's market to say, well, gosh, my 10 acres was worth more than your 10 acres, especially in this market. So it does drive prices. Up. And when you combine that with the competition the low interest rates bring the low interest rates are are also driving other inventory off the market you're instead of maybe thinking about selling a piece of property maybe i'm just going to refinance it and make my carry that much cheaper it's amazing the equity that are being placed in most of these purchases if they are being financed you know a lot of them there's not a lot being financed a lot of the acquisitions that are going on are expansions as well. In addition to the lifestyle type purchases that are being driven by Corona, the low interest rates are also contributing to the low inventory because of other landowners wanting to expand. And where do they expand? Well, they expand where they already are.
3: Those comments again from Tyler Jacobs. He is a broker partner with Hall & Hall Partners LLP from College Station. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme
1: South Texas has remained warm, windy, and dry. Jim Hearn has more from the Rio Grande Valley.
4: Well, the calendar says winter will beginning on December 21st. Well, right now, the Rio Grande Valley is still in early summer mode. The warm and windy weather has daytime highs pushing near 90 degrees, but a good breeze is keeping temperatures out of the 90s for now. In fact, this Christmas clothing may be one of shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops. But with the long dry spell, harvesting of valley crops, citrus, and sugarcane are really starting to gather speed. We normally get a lull in citrus shipments around mid-December as our fundraising and gift fruit baskets or orders are filled well planting of cabbage and greens carrots all of that in progress the onion planting season is about over and we should see a few watermelons planted the end of the month those will go under hoop houses or row crop producers are also busy they're getting their pre-plant fertilizer down you know it's going to be time to plant spring crops in a little less than three months The water situation is starting to calm down for now. Uh, Plenty of water because Mexico has paid its water debts. Uh, Amistad and Falcon Reservoir, though, do remain pretty low. And let's hope we get some timely rains soon, and that would benefit everyone. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today.
1: Sulfur is not one of the major fertilizer elements, but it's still an important nutrient here in Texas.
6: Sulfur is very important for overwintering of wheat, winter wheat in Pacific, and very important in cotton whenever it comes to bowl set.
1: That's Christy Preston, senior agronomist for Nutrien. She says Nutrien's MAP Plus MST is a great way to get micronized sulfur along with phosphate into the soil.
6: MST is micronized sulfur technology. So what we've done is we've made sulfur particles really, really small that should oxidize quicker than traditional elemental sulfur fertilizer sources.
1: Preston says one of the main benefits of using MAP plus MST is the ability to apply high rates of phosphorus and sulfur at the same time in either the fall or the spring. The American Farm Bureau Federation says Dallas-based Dean Foods is targeting dairy farmers through the food and beverage company's bankruptcy proceedings. Michael Clements has the story from Washington.
7: The American Farm Bureau Federation recently sent a letter to Congress asking them to ensure farmers won't pay taxes on forgiven Paycheck Protection Program loans. AFBF Senior Congressional Relations Director Pat Wolf says an IRS regulation means small businesses and farms would face a tax burden for using PPP funds.
8: Congress needs to act or farmers and ranchers and other small businesses are going to see a big and a surprise tax increase when they file their taxes. When Congress passed PPP loans, they intended for them to be tax-free. The IRS issued regulations to the contrary, and Congress needs to fix it by passing a bill, preferably before the end of the year.
7: PPP loans were meant to provide tax-free COVID assistance that makes payroll, rent, mortgage interest, or utility expenses paid for using the funds tax-deductible as business expenses.
8: If you do what the IRS proposes and tax that loan, you've done something that's contrary to what Congress meant, and it takes away money that farmers need to operate their businesses.
7: With little time remaining in Congress for action, Wolf says the correction needs to be attached to other pending legislation.
8: It's not likely that there's going to be any freestanding bills moving. So the ask for today is that Congress incorporate this fix into any piece of legislation that's moving. That might be the appropriations bill, that might be a tag-on tax bill, or anything else that's moving.
7: Michael Clements, Washington.
2: Sign up for programs that can help improve water quality and wildlife habitat begins next month. I'm Jessica Duhlmull and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: Is stocker calf health getting better or worse? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at that question coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. With all of the new drugs and treatment
1: technology, it would seem that Stocker Health is getting better, but there seems to be a thought out there that it's actually getting worse. So which is right? Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd tries to answer that question.
6: Although it's commonly believed in the stalker industry that calf health is declining, possibly due to younger calves entering the market or different genetics in calves, Dr. Thompson believes the comparison being used may not be correct. There's no way to compare the calves because they all come from different sources, have different genetics, and are shipped at different times of the year with a different environment. However, he does not believe it is genetics, available antibiotics, or anything else. He indicates there is a declining number of folks that want to work with cattle, and those new folks have less experience, so many stalker operations are overloaded with high-risk calves. Peak death rates will occur in about 30 days after receiving calves directly from the ranch, but the death rates peak at the time of arrival when high-risk calves are purchased. So if you're buying high-risk calves, make sure you have enough help to monitor and treat these calves because they require a lot of work. It is important to know that calves are high risk from the beginning as it requires a different management strategy. If you are just starting out in the stocker business, it is better to buy healthier calves that are not as much of a health risk. Although we like to blame the drugs, that is unlikely the reason calves die as 10% of the calves with respiratory disease will die regardless of the treatment. It may not be treatment failure but the fact that more calves are getting sick than in the past and the percentage of treated calves dying is likely similar. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd with today's Texas Vet News. You are listening to the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: Sign up for programs that can help improve water quality and wildlife habitat begins next month. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report.
2: USDA's Farm Service Agency recently announced sign-up periods next year for the General Conservation Reserve Program and CRP grasslands. USDA's Rod Bain has the report.
1: For 35 years USDA's Conservation Reserve Program has offered an evolution of conservation practices and benefits.
7: The primary reason for CRP at the time was to reduce soil erosion and maybe take less productive land out of production and certainly if you look at all of the different kinds of practices available, different focuses on what we do with those acres, it certainly has evolved a lot. There are practices that are really focused on improving water quality, there are practices that enhance or develop or create wildlife habitat and all the other benefits that we get.
1: USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Richard Fordyce says landowners interested in enrolling acreage into CRP in 2021 will have opportunity through upcoming signups next year.
7: Our general CRP sign-up, it will begin on January the 4th of 2021 and will run through February the 12th. Sign-up for the CRP grasslands for 2021 will start on March the 15th and run through April 23rd.
2: That report from USDA's Rod Bain. Again, sign-up for general CRP runs January 4th through February 12th. Sign up for CRP Grasslands runs March 15th through April 23rd. Both programs are competitive, and they provide annual rental payments for land devoted to conservation purposes. You can sign up at your local Farm Service Agency office. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: The cattle market traded on both sides of Unchanged throughout the day on Tuesday, but the cotton and grain markets ended up closing lower. I'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw the cattle futures market trade both sides of the
1: market throughout the trading day on Tuesday. We ended up closing mostly lower on live cattle mixed on feeder cattle. Here's how things wrapped up. December live cattle down 15, 107.85. February down 25, 110.77. April live cattle down 22 at 114.92. January feeder cattle down 22 cents, 137.57 March feeders up thirty five one hundred thirty eight fifty, April feeder cattle up sixty cents one hundred forty zero five. Cash fed cattle market, we actually saw some light trade on Tuesday. Somewhat unusual to see it that early in the week. However, it was for sharply lower money. Most of those cattle sold at one hundred eight. That's two hundred fifty lower than most of last week's trade. But again, very few numbers. Definitely not a trend, and we are seeing asking prices out there from the feedlots at 112. Boxed beef prices are not helping. It continues to drop. Choice down 388, 226.92. Select down 306 at 206.42. Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now. Live oak livestock auction in Three Rivers, Texas. Big run three thousand seven hundred thirty four head this week. The trend was steady. Two to three weight steers brought a dollar twenty two to a dollar seventy six a pound, three to four hundred pounders a dollar twenty four to a dollar seventy four. Four to five weight steers a dollar twenty to a dollar sixty six, five to six hundred pounders a dollar sixteen to a dollar eight, six to seven weight steers a dollar twelve to a dollar forty two with the 7800 pounders bringing 92 cents to $1.30 a pound. Slaughter cows 24 to 56 cents. Slaughter bulls 60 to 78. Stocker cows 550 to 1400 a head. Cow calf pairs brought 700 to 1450 a pair. Nixon Livestock Commission in Nixon, Texas, sold 1,471 head. The trend there was steady to higher. 2 to 3 weight steers $1.26 to $1.98. 3 to 400 pounders $1.42 to $1.98. 4 to 5 weight steers $1.35 to $1.93. 5 to 600 pounders $1.15 to $1.60. 6 to 7 weights $1.08 to $1.34. And the 7 to 800 pound steers $1.05 to $1.25 a pound. Slaughter cows 15 to 58 cents. Slaughter bulls 60 to 84. Stocker cows 475 to 900 ahead. Now back over to the futures market where lean hogs closed higher. December hogs up 5 cents, 64.55. The February up 65, closing at 65.60. Class 3 milk mixed. December up 17, 15.56. January milk down 5 at 16.10, 100 weight. The cotton market closed lower in a very light-volume trade. A lot of traders sitting on the sidelines waiting on Thursday's big USDA reports. We're going to have the weekly export sales report out Thursday morning, but we've got the big December supply and demand report out Thursday morning also. Traders expecting to see supportive numbers in both of those reports. March cotton down 40 points, 71.98. The May down 41, 72.85. December 21 cotton down 45 at 710.2. The wheat market lower. Not a lot of news to move the wheat market, but we did see a fairly big drop in the soybean market. That spilled over and pressured the wheat market. March Kansas City wheat down 8.5, 537 a bushel. New crop July wheat down eight and a quarter, 5,45 and 3 quarters. July Chicago wheat down eight cents, closing at five seventy-four and a quarter. The corn market lower. December corn off two and a half, 417. New crop September corn down two and a quarter at four eleven a bushel. In the energy markets, January natural gas unchanged two forty. January crude oil down twelve at forty five sixty four a barrel. The financial markets higher. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 103 points, 30,173. The NASDAQ up 56 at 12,576. The S&P 500 up 10, 3,702. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up another episode of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'll see you then. I'm Carrie Martin, and this is Texas Ag
0: Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.